Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Happy Thursday. I'm Eugene Repay. He's Chris Stanzial. And welcome to another episode of the State of the Nova Nation. Chris, Villanova hopped into the time machine, went back in time, played a great game at the Jake Nevin Fieldhouse last night, destroyed Penn to open up Big Five play, winning 90-62. to We're going to have Ryan Bowman join us to discuss that game. He covered four VU Hoops last night. He was there at the Rockin' Fieldhouse. It looked packed. It looked like a great time yeah, to be there. It really did. And every it just just from watching the game, it seemed like everyone was into it. Start to finish, it didn't the crowd really didn't let up even towards the end. You know, the bench bob getting in at the end was able to reinvigorate the crowd. Man, I think one of the talking points I think from this game is who was in charge of the font on the jersey? Yeah, what was that? It didn't look right. The jerseys did not look right. They did not look like the 85 throwbacks that I know and love. It looked like a weird, I guess it's like when they had the bargain bin because yeah. it was a mistake <laughs> on the on the shirt. It looked like one of those. It looked like the equipment department accidentally gave them the wrong ones. They gave them the, the prototypes yeah. instead of the real deals. Yeah, it really did. And you could tell, you know, obviously it was the 85 jersey shell, but it's like the actual Villanova was just, five font sizes too small i i didn't get that i don't know maybe they took them from like the local youth league that they were at before i don't know it would have been better if it was just a comic sans ms that that would have been no, the only way to make no, it better that, <laughs> no now that's a novelty item imagine imagine getting comic sans villanova 1985 <laughs> throwbacks those would go for a lot on the market <laughs> that's like the the one guy that we see that reps an ash yakubu jersey to every oh. villanova game <laughs> Oh God! Or and, and it has the name Yakubu on the back. I don't know where he got that jersey. That that's a well, collector's item yeah, right there. Custom man, for all intents and purposes, that he his last name was Yakubu for when he was buying that. We're gonna have Ryan on the line to break that down. Then we're gonna talk about women's basketball. Had another down to the wire finish against Princeton, but they were able to hang on, still undefeated, and they won their first game back in the top twenty-five club. For the first time since 2004. That's exciting. We're also going to preview St. Joe's. And this is going to be a St. Joe's weekend. Both the men's and the women's team will be playing the Hawks. And as we all know, we all hate them. And we're hoping that this will be another W for the Holy War times two. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of the Delaware weekend from a couple years ago where uh, the men's basketball team and the football team played Delaware in the same weekend. I think within a couple hours of each other, if I remember correctly. So it's kind of like that. Yep, still have my shirt somewhere. It's mm-hmm. Wildy Cat 
stomping on the Delaware Blue Hen, and it says beat Delaware. I think he had some boxing gloves on too, if I I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think you're right. But I hope that Villanova makes some great shirts because this is another good opportunity for them to, to hop on. It is. Put them in the bookstore. Come on. And put the the fake 85 throwbacks <laughs> in the clearance section. But knowing the bookstore, the clearance section is just 5% off. <laughs> oh, Got to get every single dollar because, you know, tuition is just not enough. Oh, you want that jersey? 110. Oh, I'll, I'll take a look at the clearance section. Oh, 105. Oh, okay. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the nice little discount. We're going to get Ryan on the line. Let's see what he had to say about this pen game. It was a pretty exciting game for the Wildcats. Five guys in double figures. Brunson, Bridges, Booth, Spellman, and DiVincenzo. Let's see what he has to say about this exciting blowout, this throwback event at Jake Nevin Fieldhouse. Hello? Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for joining the podcast. Welcome to the show. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. So you were at the Penn game last night. How was it? Yeah, it was it was insane. Um, students like kept piling in all game or all pregame. Then like five minutes into the game, this place was packed. I mean, like students like standing up in the upper deck, like kind of like in the aisles, just trying to see. Wild. I mean, the first couple baskets that we scored, like, it sounded like the place was going to explode. Like, I genuinely didn't think the stadium would hold for that long after the first couple minutes of the game. The crowd noise was definitely something I noticed. The, overall, the camera mics do a pretty good job of muting the crowd or just kind of putting them in the background. But as I was watching the broadcast on Fox Sports 2, you could really hear the crowd after every basket, after every stop. Could you hear yourself think? What, what, what was it like being in that? No, it was it was insane. You really couldn't like I I couldn't hear myself if I was trying to talk to the person next to me. Like, um, I think Jalen Brunson was talking after the game. He was talking about how it was like it was like felt like an away game in that like the crowd was just so loud, even though it was a home game. He was saying like it was one of those games where you kind of just had to read coach's lips. Like you couldn't even hear what Jay Wright was saying on the court. I was I was a freshman when we won the championship. I was in the pavilion, and it it genuinely was like that loud every time a shot went in. And it was like Jenkins had hit that three-pointer again. That's wild. That That is actually wild. You had me a little concerned when you showed me that picture 10 minutes before tip-off and the upper deck was empty. I was genuinely concerned. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. I think uh, my guess was that they were like – I think I talked to one of the students. Like They kind of said that the uh, officials or like security whatever were kind of like holding the students back on that section, I guess. But once they kind of – because the line was like out the door still trying to get in – so I think they kind of just like let everyone in at that point just to fill the place up. This is probably going to be a once in a lifetime historic throwback moment. Students only. You got to be there. How did it feel to just be a part of this cool kind of homage to the 80s? No, it was it was so cool. It was definitely an honor to be at that game. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of the students, a lot of my friends that I was talking to who were at the game were talking about how just it was like an unreal kind of experience, kind of just throwback back to the day. Obviously, we've been at the games at the Pavilion, but it was just nothing like that environment. I mean, it was just it's so much smaller. The student section like is all around you. There's kids like hanging over the like balcony, kind of just yelling down at the court. It was it was insane. Speaking of throwbacks, Ryan, I just want to harp on the jerseys. Did anyone notice that the font was too small or was that just kind of just from watching the broadcast type thing? Or was it like a point of discussion at the game? No, not really with the people I was talking to. I mean, I definitely noticed it was 
not their usual jersey. And I, I think one of you guys commented too, just the, the Villanova on the front looked way too smushed together. Uh, Cosby Roundtree's last name just said Cosby on the back of it. It was, yep. it was an odd kind of go. I think it looked like kind of like a remake of their throwback jerseys, but mm-hmm. didn't seem to have it going all the way. Right. And the broadcast really didn't get a good shot of it, but can you just describe how the the stage was set up for students? I saw that they had, it looked like they had a, an extension of the student section there, but was it just like a little, like a couple bleachers or was like it extended all the way back there? Yeah, so um, they brought a bunch of like mini bleacher sections down on the court where they packed and I think they were all student sections, kind of like groups of like, guessing like 40, 50 students were in each of these. They had like six of these around the court. And then I mean, on the actual stage was uh, the band, um, the acapella group who sang the national anthem. And I think they threw in a couple more students actually at like halftime who didn't have seats. They threw them back there too. What did Jay have to say about playing back in Nevin. He's a very big traditionalist guy. He loves kind of paying tribute to the guys that came before us. It's a big part of one of the Villanova basketball's tenets and virtues. What did he think about it? Yeah, he definitely harped on the like playing for the guys who came before us thing. Um, It was weird. He kind of talked about obviously the game was very important for him and the players, but at the same time, they knew that they couldn't get too caught up in the hype kind of thing. Jay and Jalen both mentioned that it's just they kind of went into it with just another game mentality just kind of go in there play your best basketball and come out with a win but at the same time I think especially Jay definitely recognized the importance of this game and just the memory what it means to be playing back at Jake Nevin would you be down if it ever happened again do you think that this is something they should do more regularly maybe schedule once a year or maybe once every other year yeah I'd definitely be on board with that and I think the students would be too I mean Again, like the, I, I just really can't describe how insane the environment was. Like it, it it's just such a small kind of old venue, and then having it packed with students, it's so loud. I think they would definitely. I mean, at least the students would definitely love having a game like every year there. Um, it's funny. I don't even know if the players would like it that much, just because it. They they all talked about how we couldn't even hear Coach Wright talking to them, trying to set up plays and stuff, but. The fans would definitely love it. So the actual game itself, what stuck out to you? Uh, what were some things you liked? What were some things that you thought maybe could be worked on? Probably not too much on that part, but since it was such a blowout win. Yeah, I mean, the first half, I mean, actually the whole game really, um, just spreading out the ball on offense. I think they did really well spreading out the ball. I mean, um, everyone except save the bench mob, sadly, scored a point who played in the game. So I think that was a really huge thing that we haven't seen a lot this season yet. A lot of just passing unselfish looks, um, dishing the ball out when it needed to be, not taking those kind of tough shots that sometimes they do end up shooting. And it's funny, the main thing I took like just from the first half was it didn't seem to be a dominating performance. Like looking at the score sheet and the stats after, it's like, yes, it was a dominating game. But it's funny because like, I guess this season, especially we've been used to either Brunson or Bridges kind of just taking over the game and being like, yeah, this is going to be a blowout. I think just the way that they were playing, they were spreading the ball out so evenly. Everyone was getting touches. Everyone was scoring. It just didn't have that like blowout feel. And then when I look up at the scoreboard, we're up by 15. And it's like, I genuinely wouldn't have thought that given just the way the play because Penn was making shots. We were playing well on defense. Obviously, we were making shots too. Just in that first half, it didn't even have that kind of blowout feel. It was just a really good game all around. 
One of the uh, storylines, Ryan, that Eugene and I were kind of talking about was Amari Spellman and how he would bounce back after kind of a down couple games in in Atlantis. What did you think of his game? I mean, the stats, like you were saying, like the box score suggests that he played a, a pretty good game. But I don't know, watching him, he still looked a little off, um, especially against some lesser competition, even though Brodeur is no slouch uh, under the rim there. Um, he did miss a couple short hook shots. What did you think of his game last night? Yeah, he definitely had those moments that we kind of hoped he would be having this season. Um, but at the same time, you're right. There were some times where it just didn't quite look like he was all there yet. Um I mean, he hit two big threes early in the first half, which I think kind of gave you the sign that he was like back into the things. And then he kind of stalled out in the first half scoring wise. Um, He finished with 14 points, but I mean, he scored 10 of those within the first six minutes of the game. So I think, I mean, it's obviously it was a good performance by him, but it certainly wasn't what it could have been, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're right. Yeah, I think there were, uh, he had a lot of good plays down low, but at the same time, there was obviously room for improvement and I mean even Brunson was talking about that after the game how obviously he didn't play last season and he's still kind of learning the moods this game or this season playing these new games Um, but Brunson was really uh, optimistic kind of saying that he's still learning and he's just going to keep getting better and better from here he had that nice dunk too in the first half that that one got it sounded like he had Jake Nevin exploding yeah, no, that was crazy. It was uh, kind of like loose ball midfield or midcourt, excuse me. Uh, Pascal kind of took the ball, dished it up. Omari kind of like looked like he was going out to dish it out to someone and then just saw the open lane and kind of just threw it down. It was, place was rocking. So you have Omari back on track, but overall, you know, we saw in Battle for Atlantis that it was pretty much the Brunson and Bridges show, but you harp, you touched upon it just a few moments ago. It seemed like everyone was getting into it. How good is it to see Villanova play where everyone's chipping in, everyone seems to be in a groove again, and it's not just the two-man show as much as we love seeing Brunson and Bridges dominate? No, yeah, absolutely. It's always fun to see either one of them take over a game and just drop 25 a game. But I think it's it's a different kind of Villanova basketball that we had. When everyone gets involved, it's just a different kind of basketball. Like everyone's getting touches, everyone's getting looks. Um, a lot of assists, I noticed that on the first half. I think we assisted on almost all the field goals we made in the first half. So it's like, it's a different kind of basketball. The defense, whoever we're playing, they know that if they're shutting down either Bridges or Brunson, that we have five, six other really good players who can go score. And I think we had that a lot last season with um, like Josh Hart having to bail us out a lot of games, kind of just take over the game. And seeing this this season where anyone, any one player can kind of just take over a game, score when they need to, get the job done, it's kind of just refreshing to have that, knowing that we don't need that one, two player to kind of just take over the game in order to win. All right, Ryan, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining the pod. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. It was great talking to you. Once again, that was Ryan Bowman. He is the official VU Hoops photographer. He likes to write once in a while. You know, he did some women's basketball for us. He was there for the Duke game, and now he was there for this historic throwback moment that's probably once in a lifetime. Who knows when they'll ever do that ever again at Jake Nevin Fieldhouse. You can find him on Twitter at It's Ryan Bowman, all one word. Or on Instagram, the Ryan Bowman, all one word. It's a little confusing, but you look up Ryan Bowman, you'll probably find him, by the way. He takes some good pictures, and he writes some good stuff, too, for us. So men's team still undefeated going into this weekend. 
And the women's teams also undefeated after they got to beat Princeton last night. Another rematch of another WNIT foe from last season. Both teams looked a lot better, but at the end, Villanova still on top. Still on top, winning 62-59. to Chris, we had another almost scare at the end there. Another one. Yeah, I was keeping track of this game, actually. I was pretty intrigued by the fact, you know, that Villanova women's ranked. So I might as well just, you know, keep in track of the first game back in the polls. And I saw they were down for, like, majority of the game. I don't think they, they took their first lead towards the end of the third quarter. And then they were able to build up a nine-point lead in the fourth. And you're like, okay, that's good. And then just like we talked about last episode, having trouble closing out these games. I don't even know if it was really related to their free throw shooting. I think Princeton was just getting on a run and Villanova just wasn't making their shots. And there you go. That's a recipe for disaster. Bella Lair had a great game for Princeton. As we talked about Tuesday, she is their star player and she was able to kind of spur them ahead. But Villanova was able to clamp down at the end, big defensive stop up three. Princeton with the ball and sophomore Bridget Harrelly was just, it was able to get a hand on the last second shot and it fell right into the hands of Mary Gadek and that was it again they're doing just enough to skate by but you don't like to be flirting with disaster towards the end of these games especially when you start to play some big east competition where i think those teams might be able of might be capable of coming back and actually sealing the deal against you yeah major shout outs to bridget herlihy with the game saving block princeton's gabrielle rush was denied with less than two seconds left and then gadeka coming in for that rebound to clinch it it was scary. Uh, Villanova went almost four and a half minutes scoreless without a basket. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was just so much yips. But at the same time, you just got to feel a little stressful when you see that Princeton's climbing back into the game. It looked yep. like Villanova was going to bury them with the shovel. But they came back. They came back strong at the end. Alary is the real deal. Six foot four forward. So- just a sophomore. But she plays well beyond her years. Well beyond her years. She can play almost any position. Very versatile. She had a great game against the Cats, tallying 29 points off 10 of 13 shooting, 9 rebounds, 3 blocks, and a pair of steals. She's a great player. But Villanova, one thing that stuck out to me, the defense again. Yeah, yeah. they'll let Aleri get, you know, she'll get hers, whatever. But for the rest of the team, they couldn't really do much. Leslie Robinson, Barack Obama's niece, didn't really do much. Uh, she had a hot start, but after that, really quieted down. The rest of the team, the Tigers shot only 13 of 44, just under 30%, which even though Larry's having that great game, it's going to be really hard to single-handedly carry a squad of 13 if everyone else isn't really getting it going. But you look at Villanova as a team, they shot very well from on the floor and from beyond the arc, just over 46% on the floor. And then a respectable 43% from deep, which is better than what they usually do. Usually they just, they just throw them up at will, but this time they're a little more selective, which I like. Mm -hmm. And they were falling. You had, Alex Lewin come in with 16 points. Adriana Han with 15. Mary Gadeka continues to be an efficient work machine off the bench. 12 points off five of seven. It was one versus, I'd say, eight. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> yeah. And it worked out for the Cats as they roll on 6-0. Yeah, but that's just really got to Princeton. You got to feel like, I mean, and honestly, if that's your defensive scheme, if you're going to let the star player get theirs and then shut everyone else down, it's okay with me. I really have no problem with that. I feel like the defense is really stepped it up especially from last year i felt like last year they were had a good offense but it always seemed like the defense was always their bugaboo so to speak so now this year they're actually able to you know lock down on defense get some key stops when you need them and i think that's been one of the reasons if not the top reason for this turnaround and i'd like to point out with their shooting stats they only shot 16 threes i 
out of their 49 shots, I 49 shots. I feel like that's that's an ex- exceptionally low number for them from what they usually shoot. Usually they're a high volume team from three. You know, like you said, like they'll shoot a bunch, but they'll also because they're shooting so much, they'll eventually get some. But yeah, as they were more of an efficient style here for from deep seven to 16, like you said. So I like that style of play. And if maybe if they can go with a more efficient style instead of, you know, just kind of hacking them up, I think that could help with things down the road. Yeah, I was a little surprised too, and I thought that they would have, just as they did against Duke or some of the other teams in the past, just throw them up, fire at will from long range, mm-hmm. because Princeton is just so good inside, especially when you have a player like a Larry inside. It's not going to be easy to take it in, and Villanova isn't really that type of team. Harry Pretta knows it, that that his team's strength lies within the three-point line, just like the men's team. It's all about shooting them up, sleeping in the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they let Larry get hers, and I think it was expected. She's a really great talent inside. And Villanova just doesn't really, you know, that's just really not their play on offense or defense. But if they're locking down on, on the perimeter, taking their other guards out, and then on offense getting theirs, works out pretty fine. I'm still waiting for the day where they close out and there's no panic or scarcity. <laughs> but hey, when you're 6-0, and you can't get too upset. You can't get too upset at all. No, not at all. And you get you'll get a chance this weekend against St. Joe's to potentially lock down. You'll be at home, so hopefully they maybe you kind of think that these past few games they haven't been able to lock down because of neutral core and then being on the road against Princeton. So maybe if they're at home, maybe they'll actually be able to close out with kind of like they did against Duke. And I know Princeton isn't ranked exactly. This is no doubt a pretty good team. This is a team that will likely contend for an Ivy League title. They were in the finals last year. They lost to Penn. This year, they're looking really good. This is a team that could potentially make an NCAA tournament. Don't sleep on the fact that it's an Ivy League. And this was a pretty tough matchup for them in that Princeton was a very interior-heavy team. Obviously, has that talent inside. Probably the most talented forward they've seen so far this season. So for Villanova to step out of the comfort zone, take down a team that doesn't really match up well against them, and you have some players, some young players, like a sophomore in Bridget Hurley, make a big-time play at the end, and you have everyone contribute. Everyone chip in. Everyone does a little here and there. You spread the wealth. It's a pretty good look. It's a pretty good look for Villanova going into this weekend. So as we mentioned, we got Beat St. Joe's weekend, Holy War times two. The ladies are coming back. They'll be taking on the Hawks this Sunday, tip off at 1 p.m. We're going to have Kaylee Smith there. We're going to have hopefully Ryan Bowman. Hopefully he'll be there to take some photos. But Kaylee Smith will be there to cover for us. And this is looking like a... A pretty interesting game. Their first Big Five game of the year. Villanova's undefeated. St. Joe's was undefeated. They just lost to Temple last night in a pretty close game. Chris, what can we expect from this St. Joe's squad that's coming in 5-1? and one, Probably angry that they just lost to Temple. So they're probably going to come in guns blazing or on a mission, especially when it's such a rivalry game like this. Right. Two great teams going at it. Like you said, St. Joe's. Just got their first loss. So you were kind of hoping that both teams would be undefeated going into this matchup, but alas, that would not be. But for St. Joe's, you got to be looking out for Sarah Veyu. Everything goes through her. Great three-point shooter, great inside presence, even contributes on the boards. She's the team's leading scorer, and everything runs through her. It's pretty apparent, based just based off their past couple of games. When in crunch time, they're going to her. She plays the most minutes. She's going to be out there a lot. Be wary of uh, what she's doing, and especially beyond the arc. And as a team, St. Joe's pretty 
dang good from shooting the three. It's going to be a hopefully a high scoring game because if you figure Villanova who likes to shoot the three and St. Joe's likes to shoot the three, so it'll be a it would be almost like a three point shooting contest this weekend. With that being said, St. Joe's it seems to me that they kind of get off to a hot start. Just looking at their stats page here, first and second quarters they have a high scoring differential, and and even in the fourth quarter they do. The third quarter they kind of slack off a bit. So it looks like they start fast and then are able to close out. However, if you can get them in the third quarter, it looks like you can do some damage. But as we know, with Villanova, the fourth quarter is the issue. So hopefully with the the game being at home, they're able to close out and hopefully they're able to reverse the trend that St. Joe's has kind of been trending in this year. Yeah, this just might be a game of which team can actually close it out in the fourth quarter. I think St. Joe's is pretty solid. Obviously, the record indicates that. But they're also a team that can power it inside. I know you talked about the three-point shooting, how they're pretty good at shooting it from there. But they also have some great inside presences, like Chelsea Woods, a senior Philly native. She's averaging almost a double-double per game. She's great on the boards. She's a pretty good scorer inside, a great defensive presence. But then you also have Adacia Franklin. She's another solid shooter inside. Not that great from the free throw line, but she can get to work inside. And I think Villanova might have to work a little harder again when, when it comes to interior play. But, yeah, this is this is a team that comes out slow in the third quarter. Comes out slow after the half. And as I've noticed, one thing I've noticed about this Villanova wins basketball team is that they either close or start quarters very well, especially when it comes to the half. Mm-hmm. So this might play into their favor. This might be a, you know, maybe they'll build a big lead or push the take the lead or push the lead into double figures in the third quarter and then have St. Joe's really have to work to climb back. Villanova, I like how they're playing right now. It's literally like everything is perfect until the last four or five minutes. <laughs> if, if they could just play a complete 40-minute game, I think Harry Pretta won't go completely bald. Uh, the the sideline will be a lot less stressed, and everyone will feel pretty well. But, yeah, it, it literally just comes down to closing games. It hasn't happened yet, but hopefully, you know, if they really start to clamp down in the closing minutes, no one will have – a chance to really stun them or upset them or just spoil their day by just darting ahead at the end because they've really been struggling over the last couple of games at closing out, get off to great starts, great starts to the second half, great starts to quarters. It just literally comes down to the last four to five minutes. And I think this St. Joe's team, they're going to come in hungry. They're going to want to beat the rival. They're going to want to bounce back after losing. They're not going to give Villanova an easy time. The Wildcats do have the comfort of being their own home. There's just something about Jake Nevin that gives everybody else a hard time. No matter what, what team you yeah. are, you go to Jake Nevin and you're just not going to have an easy time. Volleyball, <laughs> basketball, you name your sport. Yeah, it seems to be a very good home for the Wildcats. But I just want to bring up a point regarding St. Joe's. So if if Villanova is trailing in this game in, in the fourth quarter, let's say they play a little bit of role versus, let's say they want to be the ones who are able to come back. St. Joe's, terrible from the free throw line. Absolutely horrendous. So if maybe if you could play a little hack-a-shack with some of these players, you might be able to squeak one out. Maybe they only get one point down on their end, and then you come back at a three, and then you trade some points here and there, and then you're able to make a comeback. And also, if you are ahead, and you fear that St. Joe's is going to let you up from deep again and try to make the comeback, you can foul them. Go, go for it, because like I said, they're just not great free-throw shooting teams. So I think that'll definitely favor into Villanova. And, you know, with a team that's kind of had the yips from the free-throw line, as they did in Thanksgiving weekend tournament, kind of provides a neutralizer there. And then really it just comes down to whoever shoots the three the best. That's a great point, actually. Outside of Vayu and Woods, no one else is pretty proven at the free-throw line. Nope. Not at all. I think they're they're shooting well below 60, everybody else. So yes. that's that's not a good look. Foul everyone not wearing number 30 of 32 <laughs> 
pretty good. Yes. Yes. Who do you got in this one? I got Villanova. I think the fact that this is at Jake Nevin, I kind of just feel like that's the extra push that Villanova needs to really take this game. Uh, you know, rivalry game, so you could kind of throw the records out the window just a little bit. I do, do feel that Villanova is a better team overall, but just in case St. Joe's has any ideas, I just think that the Jake Nevin magic, so to speak, will provide Villanova a win here. Yeah, I'm also going with the Cats. Uh, I'll, I think they'll win by eight. I'll say eight. That's a very specific number. I know, I know, but I just have, I, have a, I have a good feeling about the number eight. Okay, well, I look forward to Tuesday's podcast when we find out the score, and hopefully you're right, dead on. Yeah, yeah. if I'm right dead on, I'm buying a lottery ticket on Monday. Oh, yeah, definitely. You should buy the ticket and then use the numbers from the score. I like the way you think. I should do that. Yeah, go for it. So we got the women's preview down. Let's look at the men's team. They're also taking on St. Joe's, except they'll go to Hagen Arena, the intimate high school gym. God, yeah, everyone everyone like ragged on the pavilion being a high school gym. Mm-hmm. But when I went to Hagen Arena, the one and only time my sophomore year, that was legitimately a glorified high school arena. But isn't it kind of nice, though? I, I never been. I, I just... It, it is pretty well lit. It does look like a nice high school gym, and it can fit like 3,000 people. Or 4,000. I do like the design that they have with the student section. That is a giant scary wall. But other than <laughs> that, uh, I will say that everyone rags on Villanova. I'll say the one good thing about Hagen is that it looks newer. I think that's literally all it is. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look worn down at all. No. no. It doesn't need any renovations or anything. So Villanova will head on the road to take on the Hawks 530 p.m. tip-off this Saturday. It's always fun beating the Hawks, and this will this game will actually be on ESPN. <laughs> really? That's yeah, like, ESPN too, right? Isn't that weird? That is that is very weird. What is ESPN up to? Do they know something we don't know? That's kind of like the Villanova Temple game from 15-16. That was Jalen's like, coming-out party. Yeah, was, they had us on Rivalry Week, and it was like, yeah. whoa, 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 okay. Whoa, whoa. Who pressured you into doing this? Wow. It was Seth Greenberg's daughter putting in a call <laughs> and asking, like, come on, can we just get them all one time? <laughs> That's true. Well, if you think about it, they got two ESPN-related personalities there. The Seth Greenberg, because of his daughter, and I think, is Fran Fischel on ESPN still, or is he Fox Sports now? Wait, he's, he has a Villanova tie? His son's a, one of the coaches, I'm pretty sure. Fran Fischel? Yeah. Yeah, Fran, Fran's still on ESPN. Yeah, I think his son is is a coach. Huh. I never knew that. Yeah, Fran Fischel's uh, son's the graduate assistant. I just found that out the other day. They were talking about it during the Battle for Atlantis. So so you got two ties to ESPN. It's like we're infiltrating the network. You know, I never knew his son was a graduate assistant. Maybe maybe I shouldn't mute Dickie V all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does provide some viable knowledge. I, I was confused because they had him. They had Frischilla in a half time, like for like the halftime show or something, and then they panned back to Villanova's bench like at the beginning of the half. And I, I don't know. It was, I was very confused as to what exactly he was, but yeah, I guess he's a graduate assistant. Oh, you know, you know what happened then? That was when UPS knocked on my door and they said that they had my new laptop, so I went to go sign it. I missed. Oh. I missed the first couple minutes of the second half. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's much more important. Yeah. At least I was there for when we saw Jalen and all them dance in the the tradition with the traditional Bahamas oh, yeah. <laughs> dancers the at the end. That was pretty yeah. nice. That makes for some great pictures. Yeah, that was something I wasn't expecting. I, I was surprised they didn't come out with lawnmowers, to be honest with you. <laughs> Bad boys <laughs> mowers. I, I was, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting, that, that ending. 
Henry Lowe's still a grad assistant. That's cool too. Is he? I haven't. Seen, I don't think I've saw, seen him on the bench. I haven't seen him recently, or I also haven't looked hard enough. But I do remember he came out during Hoops Mania, so I'm just gonna work off that. Okay, that's fine. I'm sure he's associated somehow. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's still around. Yeah, he's probably got a nice big office or something. Uh, I hope he has an office. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the Wildcats. They're taking on the Hawks. We hate them. They hate us. Yeah. We hate Halil. Mm. That will forever be in the folklore of the Holy War. Mm-hmm. St. Joe's hasn't won re- recently. They haven't won in a, man, what is it now, five years, six years? At least. Yeah, I don't think they've beaten us. Uh, yeah, I don't think they've beaten us since the dark year of 2011-2012 when we were in the doldrums, the yeah. dark ages. Yeah, 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 ever since that year, it's uh, it's been a wildcat sweep. And if you want to even extend it back even f- further, they haven't. They've only beaten us once in the past nine tries. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think they're going to beat us this weekend. I think Villanova's yeah, about to make it six straight on them. Yeah, Villanova better. I mean, they they really shouldn't have any problems with this game. I mean, they beat down St. Joe's last year. Granted, that was at the Pavilion. Um, Hagen might provide a different story. But, again, highly ranked team going in against a mediocre St. Joe's team this year. I mean, they don't have the DeAndre Bembrys that they kind of usually have in the past. It's kind of just a... Mediocre teams kind of skating by. They should take care of business relatively easily. Yeah, last time Villanova played St. Joe's, I think that was Josh Hart's triple-double. And then after that, we were ranked number one again. Yeah, it was. It was. That got us right back up to the top. Maybe the same this weekend if we get some help. (laughs) But that might be a bit of a stretch. But hopefully Jalen has a triple-double. Or maybe Mikhail. Maybe the both of them. I was going to say, yeah, 4K Nolos Dose. So what can we expect from the St. Joe's team? One that, well... It's been it's been kind of a rough start for them. Four and three. They've won back to back games coming in against Bucknell and Sacramento State. But mm. before that they lost to Harvard, Washington State, and T- Toledo. Yeah. And not exactly the best losses there. No, no, not at all. No, no, no. no. With St. Joe's, you got this uh, I guess their star player or star players would be uh Shavar Newkirk and James Demery. Newkirk actually played in the game against Villanova last year before I believe he got hurt about halfway through the season. He only finished 3 of 15, had a terrible game. 3 of 15, 2 of 4 from deep, just for 11 points. So he's going to try and make a little redemption tour here, you know, had Hagen, maybe get the crowd behind him and whatnot. Has had an okay year this year, team leading scorer, but he hasn't shot well from deep, and neither has Demery as well. I mean, as a whole, really, St. Joe's hasn't shot well from beyond three point line, but a surprising story coming out for St. Joe's is Taylor Funk, freshman. He's third in the team in scoring, but he's he's shooting high clip, high percentage from beyond the three-point line. He's pretty much the only player, really. So look out for him, and I think it's it's pretty much those three are bust. Yeah, Newkirk, Demery, and Funk are the big three for St. Joe's, but other than that, they don't really have much depth. Yeah, Taylor Funk's been the gem for Phil Martelli and co. Mm-hmm. Coming in there, dropping 17, then I think he had a 20-point game after that, and he's been one of the top scorers. Very good scorer. Can do it from almost anywhere. You have James Demery. I feel like he's he, – I'm surprised he's still there, honestly. Yeah, no, he's one of those guys you're like, oh, wait, yeah, he's he's still there. <laughs> now it's allegedly his senior year, even though I thought he graduated like two years ago. Seventh-year senior type ordeal, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, what's-his-face, Grant Gibbs with oh, Creighton a few years back, oh, the 26-year-old oh. senior. Oh, yeah, he came in late. And then played even <laughs> like five years later, or Dylan Ennis for that matter too. I would mention twenty-five year old senior former Wildcat. Yeah, James Emery. He's a forward, six-six. Likes to play inside mainly. Not really a threat from deep. Javar Newkirk. It's weird. He was 
shooting the lights out going into Villanova and then absolutely just just went silent. Just went silent. He's playing pretty well this year so far, but not that efficient at all, honestly. Shooting below 40% on the floor, even worse from deep. Not a good look. But Taylor Funk has been the nicest surprise ever. He's he's their only true perimeter threat. And so I think if you just limit him or just shut him down, I think St. Joe's going to look pretty helpless. Now, this would be a nice test for our interior defense because so far, we haven't really been too sold on them. I mean, especially in Battle for Atlantis, it felt like a couple of the teams there were just feasting on us inside. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest three-point team. Overall, I don't think St. Joe's should be too big of a challenge. I think Wildcats roll to 2-0 and in the Big Five. Yep, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Hopefully, just no slow starts because you don't really want to get that St. Joe's crowd into it. And I think that could mess with them at least early on before they're just their talent just officially takes over. I'd like a nice, easy game for once in my life. Just <laughs> Not that the Penn game wasn't easy, but you know, a nice, easy road game, I guess I should say. So, yeah, I think they'll be able to do it. Comfortable margin, chalk it up to 2-0 and in the Big Five, yeah. And as always, the Hawk will die. It's just a matter of making it official on Saturday and Sunday when the men's and women's teams play them. Question. Does the mascot go to the women's games? These are all great questions because, as we know, the mascot has to always flap his wings. Yeah, so I'm thinking he's in for a real big workout this weekend. Back-to-back basketball games, both against the same team. He's going to get tired of seeing Villanova. That guy must have great forearms or something. Dude, yeah, the the shoulder lifts he must do, the shoulder Oh, yeah, Yeah, shrugs shrugs all day. Shrugs all day. Forearm curls, yeah. Little bicep curls there, too. Oh. Shoulder press. Must have great shoulders. Must. Traps. Trap game. <laughs> I don't know if the Hawk actually goes to the women's game. That's a good question. Or if they have a different Hawk going. Oh, these are these are also good questions. I feel like if you do two games in a weekend, you don't even have to like do shoulders for like the next month. I feel when like when someone told me about the whole deal with the whole St. Joe's Hawk... I thought that they were joking at first, but then the more I watched that hawk endlessly flap its wings, <laughs> I was like, oh, but I think this is actually true. There's a lot of substantial stuff to this. Yeah, it is one of those things you could kind of believe it's just like a legend or like a, just a hoax of some sort. But no, it is, it is real. It is very, very real. What is it? Free? To, is it, It's free tuition? I think they are scholarship, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's insane. <laughs> that is freaking insane. I would love to know the number of people who signed up for it and then wimped out when they realized how demanding it was on their arms. I I don't know. I don't know. I would I would do it for a day. Would you get like? Can you get like a pro-rated to uh free, free meal plan? Free meal plan. <laughs> yeah, I'll for take a day. that. <laughs> just just fill in bases. Come on, I gotta have something like that. Or maybe it is just one guy, and that's why they give him the free tuition, and then he's got to go to all the games. See, that's tough, because I know with Wildy Cat, there are nine of them. Nine? Yeah. Wow. At least there were nine last year. I don't know these. I don't know if it's still the same this year, but there were nine last year. John was Wildy Cat once. Yeah, shout out to John Weeder. Throwback video form of State of the Nova Nation, which we highly don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was your brainchild. It you was, but hey, it. you know what? I guess I can't get too angry at it because it paved the way to the audio format. It did. It did. It did. It, it bla- trailblazed. Well, 
let's open up that mailbag and put the video series all the way back into the corner where it belongs in the closet <laughs> in a box to never be opened ever again. Yeah, yeah, in Sharpie, in all caps, do not open. Do not open. Cursed. <laughs> do not open. <laughs> so we got one question, and this is from Mike Jacobs, the Podfather. His question: Your favorite moment of the Villanova basketball season so far? Guess if I had to choose one, I guess it would be the Bridges posterizer. And then he stared down the guy or the Dante posterizer. One of those two dunks. Other than that, it's been kind of kind of eh. I mean, I, I guess the 15-point comeback was cool against Tennessee, but I, don't, I wouldn't say that's like moment, like one specific moment. I think we might have a marquee moment on Tuesday, next Tuesday. But for now. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be a marquee. I think there's going to be a big moment next Tuesday at the Garden. But we'll, we'll talk about that next time. But so far... I will say that the Dante posterizer was definitely better than the Mikhail Bridges posterizer, just just on a pure technical aspect. But it was the stare down by Bridges after that made it just as great. I think my favorite moment is uh, not embarrassing ourselves at the Battle for Atlantis <laughs> like uh, some other Wildcat squads that are no longer ranked. Uh, we don't want to talk about them too much because already embarrassed. You know, the Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, I would say that's my favorite moment. No, take it all back. What? It was seeing everybody dance with the native Bahamas people oh. after winning the Battle for Atlantis. There you go. You know what? Screw it. All right, that's my favorite moment now, too. I, I, we just talked about it and completely forgot that it could even be nominated. Yeah, what a way to celebrate five straight early season tournament wins. Yeah, with uh, dancing with the locals. Nothing better. That's all the time we have for today. Hopefully we get these dubs this weekend. Shoutouts to the men's and women's basketball team for still being undefeated, rolling through. Hopefully the Hawk will die twice this weekend. Remember, it's Saturday at 5.30 for the men's team. Catch on ESPN2. And then for the women's team, it'll be at 1 p.m. on Sunday. That'll be on Nova Nation All Access, hopefully without a paywall, but I'm very doubtful. But if you can't catch either of those games, catch the previews and the post-game recaps on viewhoops.com as well as some of the other interesting content that we'll have on Villanova Athletics every day, all day, 24-7, 365, Villanova Athletics till we die. Also, subscribe to the podcast on Podomatic, on Apple Podcasts, or on iTunes, the state of the Nova Nation. Follow View Hoops on Twitter, at View Hoops, same handle for Instagram. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Repay 5 And you can follow me, Chris Nancy out at the stance man on Twitter. Nova Nation, happy Thursday. Let's get these dubs. And then we'll prepare for a real non-con game next Tuesday.